In fact, two major agency heads from the Southern Baptist Convention were signers to the document. One of them wrote, what? Some, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm hearing things. Um, so, so can someone, let's, so let's look into scripture, okay? And I have a, a list of verses. Can someone tell me why, from, or a passage of scripture that would point to ecumenism being wrong? Okay. Verse, go ahead and turn to Romans sixteen seventeen. Romans sixteen seventeen. It says, Now I urge you, brethren, keep your eye on those who cause dissensions and hindrances contrary to the teaching which you learned, and turn away from them. How does this impact, how does this make us a minority with, why would it be that ecumenical, being ecumenical, how does this first impact that, that thought? That it would be okay to, to why don't we, go, like, for instance, to make this kind of real and give us a real picture, we want to plant a church in Detroit. Why aren't we partnering with the Apostolic Church in Detroit? In what way? Okay. Uh, so there's, there's going to be what? Doctrinal issues. Yes, Don. And doctrinal differences. That we're not like we're not like minded. We're not like minded. What is Paul telling us to do with things that go contrary to Scripture? Yeah, turn away from them. So basically, repeat it all. Um, they would actually see themselves as descending, descending, separating from us because we disagree with them uh, in things that way. Um, although I think they'd be willing to work with us if we asked them to. I added that part. But they do follow the Bible, is what they would say. So, okay. So another passage of scripture. Go to Second Corinthians chapter six.
Because I think, I think everyone here tonight would agree that partnering with anything Roman Catholic is clearly, it's not even a question in our minds, I would hope. Their doctrine isn't anything, they, they add to Scripture, clearly. Um, so, so where this, this idea of us being in the minority with ecumenical uh, aspect of things, how, does, how would it impact us directly? How does that impact us? Where, where could we maybe fall prey as Christians the, to this idea of ecumenism? Okay, could draw us away from God's word. What is the big idea, again, of ecumenism? Unity. unity, right? Unity under gospel. And, and really, what, is, what have they actually in practice done to the gospel? They made it so nondescript that everyone can agree with it. Right. So they, they've taken the gospel, as Tim said, and they've made it so wishy-washy that anybody can believe it. Second um, Corinthians six fourteen through eighteen. Do not be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? Or what harmony has Christ with Belial? Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. Just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord. And do not touch what is unclean, and I will, be, and I will welcome you, and I will be your a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Now, I've heard this passage preached on, in, in different ways. But when it says, come out from their midst and be separate, he's speaking of us in regards to unbelievers. There are doctrines that are taught by other churches, other denominations, that go completely against the doctrine, or I'll even be more specific, the five solas, where all of this kind of came out of, the Reformation. You know, I've been asked the question, why don't, and I get emails to go to prayer meetings with a bunch of pastors in the area. Why don't I go? Sounds like a great idea, right? Get together and pray. Sounds like a phenomenal idea. But why don't I? Because you're not like-minded. Okay, I'm not like-minded. Let's get more specific. What do you, like... Like-minded, what do you mean by like, I'm not like-minded? They add things to salvation so we can agree to what they preach. Okay, so they, so they add things to, to salvation. Like, 
the idea of works maybe. Did you hear that, Don? Okay. Um, I just lost my train of thought. Um, but no, I, there, to, to Tim's point, there, we may, I mean, they may be people there that deny the virgin birth of Christ. And there may be people there that devi- d- deny the inerrancy of Scripture. And I'm not going to, as a pastor of this church, honestly, as a believer, I'm not going to fellowship with, with that. In fact, the Bible here, these passages that we've read, tell us we can't fellowship with that. Um, Ephesians 5.11 says, Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. The World Council of Churches Actually, they even, and actually ecumenical aspects, there is actually a, a branch of it that is even bled into accepting other religions. So it's church in general. And, and that's a scary place to be. Um... Second John verse 10 says, If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house and do not give him a greeting. Second John verse 11, For the one who gives him a greeting participates in his evil deeds. So how should we act towards churches that, are, that teach unbiblically? Even, I'll, even, if, even if it's a Baptist church, they preach unbiblical truth, and there's plenty of them that do, unfortunately. How do we handle that? Nino. So what I what I have seen, where I feel like we as a church of our our like faith and practice struggle with this area, I would not say is the the far end of ecumenism. We struggle with actually the borderline of not ecumenism totally, but 
churches that are similar to us, but yet just a little bit different. We actually struggle sometimes with non-denominational churches. How do we fellowship with them? I, I mean, I've even been in churches, though, that have even struggled. Why don't we fellowship with the Baptist church down the road? I got that when I was in Illinois. There's a big uh, Baptist church right down the road from In fact, there was about 50 Bap- gospel-preaching churches within a 30-mile radius of the town I lived in. <laughs> and I got the questions. Why don't we fellowship with such and such a church and such and such a church? And eventually I got tired of trying to answer the question because sometimes they didn't understand fully. And some of it was simply there were enough differences, though they weren't doctrinal, but it wasn't going hand in hand with where God had led our ministry to be, that there would be, it would be breeding confusion. Okay? What I believe, the direction I believe Pastor really wanted this to go, and again, he can clarify things, and if I'm confusing everyone here tonight, great, and make you go look at it maybe on your own. <laughs> But the big idea here is, is we cannot fellowship and we will not fellowship with churches that do not preach the word of God. Um, and and I, there's so many passages of scripture that, that go towards that idea. Jude 3 through 4. Beloved, while I was making every effort to write you about our common salvation, I felt the necessity to write to you appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all handed down to the saints. For certain persons have crept in unnoticed, those who were long beforehand marked out for this condemnation, ungodly persons who turn the grace of our God into licentiousness and deny our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. We've got to stand firm with the faith that, that God has given to us. And... Um, And like I said, I, I, have, I, I struggled to come up with some good questions for tonight. So I'm going to do something dangerous here and say, are there things that you would, questions you have regarding this topic that you, that you are confused on that you'd like to ask right now? Just, I say that because I'd like to gauge where you guys are at as well. Um, I, I would hope that all of us agree with the overall idea here. So, so, Don, for what Mike said was the idea, the, those churches, the KJV-only churches, okay? I would actually lump them into a different category. I would not say that they are ecumenical. Well, I don't, I, I don't think they would actually call us ecumenical by definition. They, they, they have problem with what we believe, but it wouldn't, by definition, it wouldn't be ecumenical. No, I, I, because I've, because there are King James only churches that we do, that do fellowship with us. Um, now, 
Michael would be interesting, maybe when you speak on missions or whatever, Mike, is understanding how this looks like in a foreign country. Because I think in places like Brazil and in other foreign countries, I think ecumenism is still very strong. Would I be, would I be correct on that? So there's this idea, it's a meshing. Ecumenism is really a meshing of biblical truth with biblical fallacy. And it's all taught it's okay because it's the gospel. When God clearly teaches that it's not okay. If, if, if this is wrong, it's actually going against the gospel. It's going against the grain of the gospel. Um, you can't, it's justification by faith alone, period. Not, and so, it, ecumenism really is something that we, because our world is becoming trying to have even just one, everyone wants to be lovey-dovey with each other. They want one utopian type culture. And in the Christian circles, they want this as well, but they can't have it because the Bible clearly teaches we can't have it. Now, does that mean that Roman Catholics aren't Christian? And that's a whole different kind of discussion. But I would say that someone can be saved, but if they believe the Catholic doctrine, they cannot truly be saved. If they hold to it and live by it. Because justification is by faith alone. Um... 2 Corinthians 11, 12 through 15, but what, am I, but what I am doing I will continue to do so that I may cut off opportunity from those who desire an opportunity to be regarded just as we are in the matter about which they are boasting. For such men are false apostles, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. No wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Therefore, it is not surprising if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness whose end will be according to their deeds." Ecumenism, I think there's a level of, of it where Satan is using it to undermine biblical truth and undermine the church. And so we need to understand that we aren't going to partner with any church that has any amount of their doctrine that goes against the grain of Scripture. Um, any other thought? Yes, Nino. Mm -hmm. One is being too strict, and the other one is being too loose. And I think it's also important to understand that this topic is more at a group level of providing, uh, of putting a stamp of approval on what another group is doing. Right? That's where the risk is. Right? So I don't want us to use this as a reason to isolate away from people we should be reaching and loving. Right? If you have Correct. Correct. Ecumenism, by definition, is at the ecclesiastical level. Right. It's a big word to say church. <laughs> so, yes, the, to Nino's point, yes, it, it's not, this is not an excuse to, well, I don't have to give the gospel anymore. That's not what this is. Um, but we do need to be aware. 
and understand what we believe, the biblical truth, so that we can answer those that are around us. Well, why doesn't your church do that? And be able to give them an answer. Any other thoughts? No. Because by definition, well, first of all, all of them, as far as them being existent, Well, I would say that. Well, I. Well, I think. Well, first of all, it never ends up being that. Just a discussion. There's resolutions built. I mean, that's what the WCC is. That's what. I mean, there, it's a group of church. I mean, really, it's a group of churches, but it's they. They would never actually. They get into. They actually wander away from the gospel. To be honest, most most of the organizations do. I think the closest that I would say I can somewhat. I never went to their conferences, but T4G is the closest I would say that I could justify somewhat together for the gospel. Um but I still have a struggle with it because you are worshiping together and there are people there that don't worship the same, the same God. They distort Jesus and I, and I, would, I would highly struggle with that. Yep. And I would defer back to Scripture and, and those things that are against Scripture, God clearly tells us to not have anything to do with them. It says to reprove them. So, good. I, hopefully it's been helpful tonight. Hopefully, you know, I, this is not a... It's, for a, someone like myself, it's not been the easiest thing to explain, I'll be honest. Um, but I hope it's been somewhat helpful to you and enlightening. Um, uh, if there's something to take away from it, I would say this. this is, I'll just leave this with this quote from John MacArthur. He says, Christians preach an exclusive Christ in an, exclu- in an, an inclusive age. Because of that, we are often accused of being narrow-minded, even intolerant. Many paths, it is said, lead to the top of the mountain of religious enlightenment. How dare we insist that ours is the only one? 
In reality, however, there are only two religious paths, the broad way of works, salvation, leading to destruction, and the narrow way of faith in the only Savior, leading to eternal life. Religious people are on either one or the other. Put simply, standing together for the gospel means standing against ecumenical movements that assault and betray the exclusivity of Christ. So, Christ has got to be the focal point. It's not all of this other stuff with him. So, let's go ahead and close. I'll, I'll close with a prayer, and then Dale, you can come up and have our closing song. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are, Lord. I know this is an interesting topic to think through, uh, to think at what level do we, uh, and how do we interact with uh, those who, who don't believe biblical truth. Uh, but Lord, I pray that we as a church, we as Christians would stand firm on your word and love you and, and allow you to dictate our thinking and our actions. We thank you for all that you have done for us. In your name we pray. Amen.